And that's why I believe in you because that is the greatest purpose. It's to love. Honest. It's to, it sounds corny. Whatever you want to say, I don't care. I love people because there is freedom and power in loving people. Hello, all you positive heads out there. Thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we have the crazy belief that creating success and happiness is a daily conscious effort, which is why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week. I'm your host, Brandon Beecham, and each and every Wednesday, you can tune in to hear me interview a different consciousness changemaker that is out there working tirelessly to help catalyze change and expand awareness all across Spaceship Earth. On the other four weekdays, you can tune in to myself and my co-host, Dalian, giving interpretations of our favorite thought-provoking quotes, sharing a bit of inspiring or mysterious news, taking questions from the audience, and digging into any other mind-expansive topics that will help keep your soul fed by tuning you in to positive vibrations on a regular basis. All right, all you positive heads, today we have something very special in store for you all. I'm thrilled to announce that in collaboration with our friends from one of my all-time favorite transformational festivals, Lucidity, between now and April, we'll be bringing you a special edition podcast each and every week showcasing a different workshop from one of the past Lucidity Festival gatherings. We're doing this in support in anticipation of the fifth chapter in the epic journey that is Lucidity Festival called Crossroads, which is coming up April 8th through 10th, 2016 in Santa Ynez, which is located right next to Santa Barbara, California, at the beautiful Live Oak Campground. Also, as if the magic that is Lucidity Festival wasn't already enough, this year the Lucidity team is stepping up their game and doing something extra special by launching their very first ever Lucid University Course Week. The Lucid University Course Week will provide a variety of three-day intensive trainings on-site at Live Oak Campground April 4th through 6th, with the classes taking place while Lucidity Festival itself is being set up and built. These dynamic courses are designed to offer immersive educational experiences resulting in certifications of completion for students interested in five general areas of study to choose from. You've got spirit works, community works, earthworks, creative works, and body works. They have a really strong curriculum with excellent instructors where you can learn everything from Reiki to lucid dreaming to permaculture uh, design and more. The hardest part for me is honestly just choosing which class and certification I would like to pursue because they all sound so juicy. Bottom line, this truly is a rare opportunity to learn from experts in a unique and exciting environment that will inevitably be alive with the buzz and anticipation of the imminent festivities. As far as cost goes, well, that varies depending on how much lucidity goodness you want to sign up for. But whatever you do decide, you'll want to move quick because Lucidity Festival always sells out. And I imagine the available Lucidity University seats are going fast too. So head over to lucidityfestival.com to check out all the options. And be sure to use the code POSITIVEHEAD, all one word, to get a $10 discount off any and all tickets. Okay then, without further ado, this week's Lucidity Workshop episode is entitled The Hermetic Philosophy and is presented by Keith Garcia, a speaker, musician, and original YouTube content creator. Hermeticism is a system of knowledge that is at the crossroads of religion and spirituality, science and philosophy. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is Keith, um, and we will be diving into the intricacies of the nature of the universe. Um, is it? Want me to talk closer? Louder? Yeah. Louder. Better? Yeah. Cool. Um, so, uh, is anyone familiar with the Hermetic philosophy? Yes. Yes. Um, pretty in depth. Just know of it. Cool. Um, we're gonna we're gonna dive pretty deep. Basically, the way this is set up is there's seven principles in the Hermetic philosophy, and they are universal truths. They are mechanisms that uh, the universe 
acts on. And nothing escapes these laws. Um, so what we do is we learn, first of all, to witness these laws and then to put them in action so that we become uh, players of the chess game instead of chess pieces. Because uh, most people, most of the time are chess pieces and we need to be players because we are creators, right? Um, so the Hermetic philosophy, first of all, a little history, uh, started in ancient Egypt. It's very esoteric, very occult, uh, and it's been passed down through the ages. Alchemy is, is the Hermetic philosophy kind of disguised. Um, ancient Egyptians, Greeks, Renaissance, Michelangelo, they all, even the Bible, Jesus, they all have these key concepts that reflect that. Um, so let's begin. First things first, uh, we will lay down a foundation um, for all these seven principles to come from. So if I were to ask uh, someone like, like, what would you say is the one thing that you can rely on all the time, every day, never, never changes. You can always come back to it and it's never gonna change. Give you a hint, nothing, <laughs> right? Nothing, nothing. So the only, the only constant in the universe is change. And so that constant is um, what we will call the all. I um, mean, it's not religious. Um, it's, it's, it's more of just a very easy way of describing, you know, everything, the totality of existence. Um, so there's three things to know about this all so that all the seven principles will make sense. First, uh, the all is all. It's everything. It is that universal conscious mind that pervades everything. There's nothing outside of it. So that's the first one. Second one is um, it is it is uh, infinite in time and space because there's nothing outside of the all. So there's nothing in which to instigate uh, change. It can't be limited by space because there'd be a border, which means there'd be something outside of it, which means the all wouldn't be the all. So infinite in time and infinite in space. Uh, and number three, it is immutable in that it is subject to no change, once again, because there's nothing in which to instigate change. Um, if you add to something, you need something else to add. If you divide, you need something else to divide by. Um, if you subtract, you need something to subtract by. There's, in, in every case, there has to be something outside to instigate that change, which is impossible because the all is everything. So those are three things. Remember those, and, it, and all the seven principles will make sense. Remember, that is the constant from which all change occurs. Um, this is substantial reality. If there was no constant, then um, sometimes growth would halt and, and we would have stagnance. And we know that everything in the universe is changing. There's no such thing as stagnance. You're either growing or you're decaying. And it's just a constant flow, a constant rhythm. Um, so first principle is the principle of mentality. Um, and first of all, you guys, none of these principles are gonna be new. You guys are gonna know every one of these. It's just gonna, everything's gonna click all the, Principle of mentality, mentalism is the first principle. Um, and none, like I said, none of these are new, like uh, yoga, meditation, the Bible, all, everything, all, all the crazy batshit rabbit hole places you guys dive to in the internet at night, it's all gonna click, it'll all start to make sense. Um, so let's get to it. Um, the first law is the law of mentalism, and which says that everything has an origin in the mind. Um, humans, the universe, multiverse, anything that exists is a like a dream, in other words. And we know that by using, we'll, we'll kind of jump ahead. So the second law is the law of correspondence, which is as above, so below. Um, which, what we do with as above, so below is we use the known to determine the unknown. So the law of mentality, we know that, that we are in the mind of the all because if you, um, we'll look at how humans create. We can use how humans create to determine how the all creates because we are from that, therefore we will operate on the same mechanisms. So uh, the first way humans create is um, we build. We'll get tools and we'll get um, materials and we'll build something. Uh, so we could say the all creates by building in, in this sense. But we know that's not true because in order to build things, we need something outside of ourselves, right? We need we need tools and materials. There's nothing outside of the all in which to build things. So no, it doesn't build. Well, how else do humans create? Anyone know how else we create? We can build something. We can tell stories. Perfect. 
You jumped the gun. Okay. You jumped the gun. So we'll use that's perfect though. So we create with the mind. Stories are our mind. Uh, another way would be cro procreate, um, but that would be dividing ourselves. And we already know that the all can't be divided because there's nothing again in which to instigate uh, the division. So yes, storytelling. Like J.R. Tolkien uh, created literally a universe in his mind with cultures and stories and lore and weapons and languages and alphabets. He created a universe solely with the mind um, and we know that that does not break any of the laws that we laid down of the all right so that's how we know that the universe is mind everything has a mental origin has a mental frequency vibration from which everything emanates um, and what we're gonna do is uh, each one of these principles once I explain it I'll give like a, a life hack so we can use that practically um, alright so um, life hack for the law of mentalism you guys might have heard this before um, we're gonna say that circumstances do not matter, only state of being matters. And you got, I'm sure you guys have heard this before. Uh, basically, but we're gonna go deeper. I'm gonna show you how to actually use that, how to actually apply that. Um, we know that uh, most people will go about their day and they'll say, I am, uh, I wasn't a successful athlete because I wasn't tall enough, or I don't have the woman I want because I'm not good looking enough, or it's always things outside of us that dictate our lives, more or less, which in some senses is true because the outside world does reflect the inside world, but we know now that the origin of creation comes from mind, so the most powerful thing is the internal mechanism, is the mind. Um, so there's two ways to meet this. One is play, and the other is mirror. So um, when we meet when we meet uh, circumstances with a lightheartedness, like a, like a sort of playing, um, it becomes malleable, you know, when you even think about the words that we use, lighthearted, uplifting, um, high-spirited, these things are all light and it makes situations more manageable as compared to anger or doubt or anxiety. These things are very heavy. Even when we talk about them, we say, I feel heavy right now, I feel down. Um, so the first is play. We, every, every situation we need to influence the circumstance with our mind because that's the first thing that penetrates. So. Um, that's step number one for for controlling your circumstance, and it's very it's very important to to maintain that state of being before we tumble down the negative side because momentum is, is strong as hell. Um, so number one, play. Number one is play. Two is mirror. We have to realize that the outside world is gonna mirror our internal mechanisms, our internal paradigms for how we see reality. We can't just say, um, I'm gonna attract abundance and have that thought and expect abundance to happen because our subconscious mind, which is far more powerful than our conscious mind, has that deep-rooted um, seed for, for the way we see the world. And so we're, the, the outside world is gonna dictate the inner and that is our chance to, um, to really determine what it is that we want. It's almost like a key. It's almost like, are you sure you want this new way of life? It's gonna give you that so that we have an opportunity to really stand up for what we want because if we, didn't, if we weren't opposed with the opposite, then we wouldn't know what we wanted. We wouldn't know really anything. We, we have to have that opposite end of the spectrum to see who we are to, to know um, where we're gonna be. Um, and that's it for the first one. I'll, I kind of ramble and I kind of tangent sometimes, so slow me down if you have any questions, just let me know. Because um, it happens. My mind is fucking all over the place. Uh, two is the law of correspondence. And we already touched on it. It's uh, everything in the macrocosm will, will contain a piece of it uh, in the microcosm and vice versa. So as above, so below, we all, we all hear that. And, and here's the cool thing about that. Uh, quantum physics and science has already showed that at the uh, substance of reality, at the very underlying foundation of existence, that everything exists as pure potential, pure information. Now, and I'm sure you guys are all aware of that experiment where the where the scientists look at the at the particles and they condense, right, and then they look away and it turns back into the wave. So that's proof right there that consciousness, that that awareness, focus, attention collapses the waveform into particle, and that's that's proven scientifically. And of course, the Hermetic philosophy has known that for almost four thousand years now. Um, so we could say that us, you and I, are made up of pure information, 
pure potential, our thoughts, our actions, uh, who we are, even our genes can be switched and manipulated. Um, and so we apply that uh, to life. We apply that on the grand scheme of things. Um, and so the, the life hack with um, the law of correspondence, which is this as above, so below, is to see, first of all, we can uh, create empathy with others, which is, which is substantial in the world today, especially if we're trying to get somewhere, because most of the problems come from a lack of understanding where other people are coming from. So we take the law of correspondence to determine how other people act. And we say something like, um, Okay, let's try to do this. Let's try this on a spot. See how well this works. Uh, well, how, how do you see the world? I got, what, what, what is the world to you? What's that? Cool. Perfect. So, um, what we'll do now? Law of correspondence says um, anything anything outside contains inside. Anything inside contains outside. So we know now that his perception of the world, his experiences, have said, um, "Holy shit! What the hell is going on? Nothing makes sense." So, which is true with a lowercase t, not a capital T, a lowercase t, because his experiences, which are 100% real to him, um, that's his world, right? That's what he's experienced. So anything that he does, uh, not anything, because you're subject to change, but most of the things that you say or do are gonna be influenced with that in the back of your head going, what the fuck's going on? You know what I mean? Um, so we can look at someone and, be, and it can be like, I'll be sitting on the bus next to someone and they'll be like, it's a dog eat dog world, man. You know, my life's a bitch and then you die. And to him, that's true. That's absolutely true to him because he's been through a certain amount of circumstances that have shown dog eat dog, whether it's his parents or his friends or the news or whatever he's subjected himself to. So now I know how to relate to him. Now I know how to relate to you. So that's, but, but here's the cool thing. Um, since I can determine, uh, we can determine other people based on their views of the world, I can also figure out myself based on my views of the world. So if every day I wake up um, and I'm always complaining about something or I'm always finding the same things happening, I can stop and say, holy shit, what are, what are, what are the thoughts in my mind? What are the constructs of reality in my mind that keep bringing these things up over and over again? Because it's not an accident. Um, we'll get to this later law of cause and effect. There's no chance. Everything is tied together. Everything is related to each other. Uh, to each other. Um, and that's the beauty of the second law, is to determine, so that's the whole thing with the law of correspondence. We can learn about the unknown based off of the known, which is why knowledge is such an important thing because we can start to use it to apply it to the bigger picture, to the bigger scheme of things. Um, even like, uh, even like, uh, like war, like a lot of the big questions is like, why is there war? And I was actually thinking about this on the way up to the city yesterday. And I was like, shit, might as well use the, the law of correspondence to figure it out. So I thought, all right, well, war is, uh, when it comes down to it, a whole bunch of people with conflicting ideas. Uh, a whole bunch of people with, with conflicting ideas. So uh, it's, it's human versus human. And so I shrunk it down. So the human race can be seen as a organism, right? Like, a, like a, we have a universal conscious mind, humanity. So it's a whole, realistically, it's a whole. And so I looked at, all right, well, the human body is a whole and, and there are cells in the human body. So uh, imagine um, Americans are like a red blood cell and Pakistanis are a red blood cell, right? They're two totally different types of cells, but they're in the same body. They both have a purpose, they both have a role. The red blood cell and the white blood cell don't cross each other and try to start a fight, right? No, the white blood cell says, thanks for doing what you're doing, you're making this whole system function. And then the opposite says, thanks for what you're doing, The whole you're making this, this system function. What, what happens when cells miscommunicate inside the body, we get um, autoimmune disease, right? The body starts to kill itself, literally, which is exactly what we're seeing on a global scale. The human is, the race is no different than the human body by using this law. When the human race fails to communicate, fails to understand one another, loses uh, empathy, um, we start to see scarcity, we start to see lack, we start to see fear and terror, we start to see the unknown, and that's when society collapses, um, basically from a failing of communication, yes? 
study where um, they had to put your hand in, hands in water and you were either by yourself, you had to rate how the pain scale, like how the pain was. And then you were sat across from somebody you didn't know and then they rated the scale or you, they, you both dumped your hands in and you rated the scale. Then you sat across from your friend. And so the people who sat across from their friend and had their hands in, they had a higher pain scale and then they saw their friends in pain. So they had, there was empathy. So how do we, when we make contact with people, we don't initially have this channel of empathy. So how do we connect that? Well, you know, like play. You're, you just stare at somebody and just like make a funny face. And so instantly, like you're playing with them and then you've broken that barrier. And now you have empathy and now you have more feeling. Absolutely. And yeah, it's a, it's a, and it's almost impossible not to because I'm sure like you've been in a fight like with someone, anyone, and it's like a heated argument, and then you start laughing in the middle of it, and then you both start laughing. And it's like, what are we fighting about? This is absolutely ridiculous, you know? Yeah, absolutely. There's 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 something. Um, and this is actually the next law of vibration. There's something very powerful in frequency and thoughts and emotions. And the higher they are, even literally like happiness and joy, they're all registered at a higher frequency too. Usually the higher you get, um, the more manipulatable something becomes. Um, so yes, absolutely. That's why play is so important and we forget about that most of the time. Um, and that's why kids can get in a fight and be totally fine 10 seconds later because they start playing right away and, and you know, all is well in the world. Um, so yes, that's, so we've done the law of mentalism, which is everything has a mental origin. We've done correspondence, which is as above, so below. Um, vibration, the law of vibration. And this one is very um, hot in, in especially this realm. This is stuff like, uh, like um, attraction, law of attraction. But I, I hate, not hate, but I don't like using that because it's so, it's, it's very ambiguous, it's all over the place. Here, here we go. Live vibration says everything in the universe is moving. There's, everything has a frequency, everything emits, um, emits an energy from that movement. Um, and the, that, that's pretty much it. Everything, that's pretty much it. So let's get straight to life hack. The life hack is, ah uh, um, oh yes, this is very important. Uh, this is very important. So, uh, this is where I'm going to stray from the norm of, I guess, spiritual thought. I'm just going to word things a little differently because it may, for me, according to the philosophy, it makes more sense. So there you have the subconscious mind and you have the conscious mind. And we're going to see the conscious mind as the ego, synonymous with the ego, um, synonymous with focus, synonymous with um, attention, awareness. That's all the ego. So... Um, as a pretext, the ego is not bad at all. Nothing in the universe is bad at all. Everything is neutral. Remember, it's our thoughts. It's it's our awareness that dictates a situation. So everything is neutral at first. Um, and the only point, the only reason we have an ego or consciousness or an awareness is so that we can see differences. That's why, that's why when your ego gets out of control, we see things like war because um, because people see such a difference in everything that they feel isolated and threatened and scared. And so that's the ego out of control. But really, the ego's only job is to see difference. We can't have an experience in this reality if there are no differences. There's no difference between black and white and everything's white, then there's no experience. So that's very important to remember. So that's your ego, that's your conscious. Your subconscious is far more powerful than your conscious. Your subconscious is almost firing 24-7. You can see the subconscious mind as like, um, like water, like the ocean, right? So um, we have such a nice climate along the coast because the ocean dictates our climate. It takes a lot of energy to heat water. It takes a lot of energy to cool water which is why we have such a nice climate in Santa Barbara, one of the reasons. So we can say that the subconscious mind, using the law of correspondence, works the same way. It takes a lot of energy, it takes a lot of um, attention to, to program the subconscious mind. Um, and it's programmed with our thoughts, with our circumstances, um, and, and all that. So, um, okay, now we'll, we'll, we'll get into a little more in-depth version of the law of attraction. Um, you can just think about shit. You can't just think about them for them to change. Because remember, thinking, your consciousness, your awareness is on the surface. 
And of course it's powerful, but it's not as powerful as the subconscious mind. Um, we, we Imagine your subconscious is broadcasting information 24 seven, uh, like your heart's beating 24 seven, that's controlled by your subconscious nervous system. Um, your breath when you sleep. Um, sometimes even when you drive, you've driven so much that you forget you're even driving because it's come, it's, it's been put into the back of your head. When you do something so much, so frequently, your ego gets tired of it. It doesn't like seeing the same thing over and over again. At, um, that, and that's the whole reason why it's dead to see difference. So when your, sub, when your conscious mind sees things all the time repetitively, it shoves it into the back of your mind, to your subconscious, and then it becomes a truth with a lowercase t because it's your truth in your world, not everyone else's. Um, so the key is, the hack is, to learn how to reprogram the subconscious mind. And of course we can use our mind, our, our awareness to do that, we can use our circumstances to do that. Because the human mind has an a, a t attention span of like four or five seconds or something like that. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, exactly, so like you, even right now you guys are going in and out of this lecture. You're here, you're not there, you're here, you're not there, you're here, you're not there. Um, and that's just what the mind does. It's very, it's, that's just, it just sees differences all the time. It's its job. So um, imagine now when we program our subconscious mind, which fires 24 seven, if we uh, reprogram that, that's when the synchronicities start to happen. That's when the, the freak encounters start to happen. That's when the magic starts to happen because we have this palpable frequency that's emanating from your subconscious mind when you sleep when you eat, when you drink, when your mind wanders off and the butterfly that flies by, your subconscious mind is still reflecting that new paradigm, um, which is terribly important because it, that's when we start creating, that's when we, we turn from the chess piece to the chess player. The game never changes. The game never changes, only our role. And we have the choice. We, of course we can be a knight, of course we can be a queen or a king or a pawn, we can be whatever the hell we want. That's the power of the existence. But the point is knowing so that if we don't like something, we can change it. Um, that's, for the most part, the law of vibration. Um, and these next two, these next two um, uh, go hand in hand. One is the law of polarity, one is the law of rhythm. We'll start with the law of polarity. Law of polarity says that everything that exists um, has an opposite. One thing can't not exist without its opposite. That's why there will always be uh, hate. There will always be suffering, sadness, depression, anxiety, because there's always gonna be happiness, love, peace, unity. Um, there's no, absolutely no way around it. And the reason why is because uh, the opposite, once again, has to exist in order for the thing to exist, because there has to be a difference, you know? Otherwise, there would be, once again, no experience. And the whole pur purpose of existence is to have an experience. Which is the seventh. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, he just said, which ties into gender, which is the last principle, which says that everything that manifests um, has a female and a male aspect, which is a law of gender, um, like plants, people. Um, and even within people, there's a masculine side and there's a feminine side. Um, plants have the feminine and the masculine when they pollinate themselves. But I thought there's like a hundred genders. Yeah, yes. But that's in terms of sexuality, and this is not necessarily sexuality. It's more so a... a um, like a list of things that come along with masculinity and a list of things that come along with the feminine. Um, what do you mean? Chris, yes. In, in terms of gender? You mean? Uh, yes, yes and no. Um, no, because when, when the when the law gets to the law of gender, it, it talks more so in um, a different set of movements in the world that come from the law of gender. Whereas we're talking solely with polarity um, opposites. So gender goes opposites and then goes, okay, what, what, how do those opposites manifest? What, what entails that? Um, that makes sense. Yeah, 
Yes, which is one that's, yeah, it's yeah, yeah, I mean a lot of things that we see, especially with Hermetic philosophy, is that everything is fucking yes and no, you know, it's like, it's tough, it's really, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around, because like we already talked about, the only constant is the all itself, so everything else is constantly yes and constantly no, you know, like, um, Every yeah, every truth is a half truth. This it's called the divine paradox. It's like you know, beware of half truths. Half truths. Um, I guess we can talk about that a little bit. It's it's a cool thing. It says that um, uh, one of the misconceptions. I think I can't speak for everyone, but for me, it's held me back. Like in my growth, my expansion, is that I would always say that I I would think like I am God. Like I am that universal being. And we're, we're not really, we, we're not in the sense that um, it'd be like Hamlet jumping up and saying, I am Shakespeare. And Hamlet's not Shakespeare. You know, he comes from Shakespeare's mind and, and he holds in himself Shakespeare. He has to because Shakespeare wrote him, but he can't jump into Shakespeare and go to the coffee shop down the street, you know? Um, so that's, that's the divine, that's the divine paradox, yeah. Um, which is cool because it means that we are dreamlike. It means that we have the, the capacity for for infiniteness because we are held in the mind of the all. Um, and of course, we can retract back into that just like Hamlet can retract back into Shakespeare's mind. He can be absorbed and experience that, but that's that's a crazy rabbit hole that would be hard to describe right now. Um, where was it? Polarity. <laughs> Polarity and that everything has an opposite. Um, uh, life hack. We'll get to that. Let me do the life hack polarity, then we'll get through. So, um, well, I guess we already talked about it. Is so we'll we'll take um, and you guys might have a better example of this if you can dive into this. Is off the top of my head, but we'll say um, fear. So now that we know that everything has an opposite and everything is the same thing as its opposite, only to varying degree, fear is the same thing as courage. Um, and courage is the same exact thing as fear. Think of like a temperature scale. Um, zero and 100 are the same exact thing, only to different degree. There's nothing on the line that says this is hot, now this is cold. Put me in a room at 30 degrees, I'm gonna freeze my balls off, but put me in a room at zero degrees and then 30, I'm gonna think this feels amazing, right? It's all relative. It's the same exact thing to different degree. So fear and courage. We'll say if you ever find yourself in a moment of extreme fear, um, we'll know automatically that there is courage present. There absolutely has to be courage present if there's fear around. We can never be courageous unless there is a fearful circumstance in which to be courageous in. Um, and we can never be uh, fearful, well, and the, and the exact opposite happens. I don't know why I lost myself, but. Um, so the life hack is, is never falling victim to that negative state of emotion because we know that right next to it, all we have to do is use our mental clarity, our mental transmutation, which is the first law, to slide our awareness, slide our experience up the degree to something that we desire. Um, and remember, the universe is infinite, so there's never a cap on how courageous one can be. There's never a cap on how fearful one can be, which is amazing, because if there was a cap on either end, that would mean experience would stop, right? Because if, because if you got, if you, if you're so courageous, so courageous, and then here's the top, like, where are you gonna go after that? You would stop, but that would be, that there's no, then the universe is infinite, so that can't happen. You would stop. There would be no chance for growth. There's always a chance for growth, which is part of the infinite structure of the universe. So, um, so we can always grow. Essentially, we can always get better. Is the whole point of that? We can always learn. We can always grow. We can always become better people. We can always be put in circumstances that challenge us, so that we can become better people. But there can also be circumstances and challenges that can dip us deep. There's no such thing as rock bottom because that would mean a halt. We know that there's no such thing as a halt, not in this experience. So we we just gotta be smart. We gotta be careful with the words that we use because they are real. They have very palpable frequencies and the more we use them, the more we program our subconscious mind and the more we program our subconscious mind, the more we broadcast those frequencies always and the more our reality reflects that. Um, so that's the thing with polarity is to, to try not to get too down, you know, try not to get too 
upset in any circumstance because we know that the answer is right there. We know that all we have to do is use our mind to slide up the degree. Um, rhythm, the law of rhythm says that there everything swings. It's like a pendulum, just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Everything's swinging, and it swings within those two poles. Um, think about night and day, the cycles of the moon, um, tides, our emotions, we're happy, we're sad, we're super motivated, and then we're super not motivated. Um, and what that teaches us is that there's is timing. There's timing for everything, because rhythm is like music, right? One, two, three, four, one, two, the timing is music. Um, and we learned that we need to be conscious, we need to be aware of the, of the movements in our lives. Uh, like for example, you, we can swim against the stream, right? Of course, we can do anything we want. We can swim against the stream, but sometimes it's more beneficial if we just stop, right? If we stop, maybe that's a time to reflect. Maybe we're not feeling as animated as projecting because this is a time for meditation, for reflecting, go back to the drawing board, rewrite some things, start to learn about ourselves so that we have a nice foundation to move forward. So that way, the next time we have that swing motivation in the right direction, we can now use that. We can now have momentum. We can start to use the forces of the swing to our advantage instead of going forward against the swing and then the swing goes back in our directions, but we're tired as hell because we've been fighting this whole time and now we're going half ass instead of using every moment to our advantage instead of only half the time. Um, and that's the law of rhythm. And and there's a cool thing. Uh, one of my favorite movies, Nightmare Before Christmas. That's all know Nightmare Before Christmas, right? Um, you know, so essentially, Jack Sparrow is the king. He's a king of this. Uh, Skellington is a king of this of this world, right? Come on, man. <laughs> um, but essentially, his entire existence is um, scaring people. He's a king of scaring people, and he's he's he's. I don't know. I want to harp it too much, but. He's sad, like he there, he sings, the song is called, the song is called Jack's Lament. And he sings about how awful he feels, about how there's a longingness in him. He's the king of this, he can scare anyone, he can do anything he wants, but there's something missing that he doesn't know, and he doesn't know why. Stumbles into Christmas Town, which is the exact opposite, and he loses his shit. He's like, that song, what's this, what's this? He's like walking around like snow, and there's people and trees and candy and colors, like what the hell is going on? It's a brand new experience. Um, and when he gets and, and when he gets back to Christmas town, or when he gets back to, to his world, um, he, he has this whole thing, his whole deal, and he sings the song, and he comes back at the end of the movie, and he's fired up, scared than ever, and it's he needed that balance. Essentially, the whole not the whole, but a, a big part of that movie was that we can't have a soul existence, no matter how good you are. You can be the king, everyone adores you. You get everything your way and you're still sad. You still feel like you're lacking because you've never had a chance to experience the opposite side, which is why it's hard to say things like sadness are a bad thing, which is why it's hard to say that hate is a bad thing because if we didn't know what those things were, then we wouldn't know love, right? Usually the people, like, think about falling in love. If you're one of those people that um, protects yourself, guards yourself all the time, and you don't let yourself fall in love head over heels, like, yeah, you won't get hurt, you won't get heartbroken, but you're also not gonna love extremely either, right? And it's only the people who love very deeply, who love very hard, that hurt very hard when they lose that because the law of rhythm said it, one of the parts of it is compensation. If you hold it this high on this end, it's gonna come pretty fucking high on this end as well. If you hold it right here, it's only gonna go about right here on this side. Um, and it's all about the experience, once again, that, that's why we're here, is to have these experiences in this world and, and of course we have the chance to dictate those, but but just know, just try not to be too hard on yourselves, or or um, try not to try try to hope, try to be strong in your in your mentality. Use a lot of transmutation to be strong in, in your beliefs, so that when the world changes or crashes, you don't crash. You, you can you can be strong. Um, that's the law of rhythm. Now, next. We will be going on to law causation. Um, law causation, there's not too much in detail about what this is. It's just cause and effect. For every cause, there is a reaction. Um, that's nothing new. Uh, the, so, uh, but the cool thing about this is that we can't, 
there, there's no, the only original cause in the universe was the Big Bang or whatever the new theory is. I'm not sure if anyone knows exactly what it is, it's but getting it's getting weirder. Yeah. I'm see, it's getting weirder, right? <laughs> but we, but we can say that there really only was one original cause that set everything else in motion. That's the physical universe, right? From everything came from the all the thought of. So that thought set those cycles in in, in motion. Um, so there, um, but then the all is infinite, right? So he could have had multiple of these. So yes, it is, once again, is it, it is and it is not at the same time. Um, but it'd be like saying a wave came from the wind. It did and it didn't. The wind came from variations in atmospheric pressure, which came from variations in temperature, which came from uh, global ocean currents, which came from internal mechanisms of the earth, which came from the sun, which came from etc. Right? So everything, everything, everything's tied into everything else. Um, and that's the law of, of, of causation. And um, getting towards the end where I had to cram all this in. So, absolutely no cause, life hack. Ah, yes. Um, this might be hard to wrap your head around, so if I kind of tangent, stop me and ask questions and make sure I don't talk nonsense. Um, the, the important thing to remember with the law of causation is that we don't have to let the past dictate who we are today. Um, that really, it, it, the present dictates the past. And so much of the time we think that the past dictates the present. Oh, I am the way I am. Uh, because these things happen to me. Yes, you are. If, if you were raised in a household where your father was X and your mom was Y, you're gonna be XY by default. By default because those vibrations were put onto you because they are real, they are pal palpable. But once we know that, once we know why we are, why we are, um, it is a choice. It's no longer a habit, it's no longer a, um, it's no longer outside of us. It's like someone, if, if someone were to tie me uh, or, or chain me to that pole, say life changed me to that pole as I grow up, um, and I don't have the key. Once I find out, Keith, well, you don't ask for help very much because you've all, you know, you, your parents are divorced, and for the most part, I was alone. So it was like me versus the world, right? So I'm like, oh, that's why I'm the way I am. I don't ask for help because I've never, I've always been like, you got this, Keith, you're on your own. Um, once I knew that, I couldn't say that that's who I was because of my parents, because that's bullshit, because the past doesn't dictate who I am. By default, it did. When I was a chess piece, it did. But now I am a chess player, not a chess piece. So it'd be the equivalent of someone putting the key in my pocket and then me still saying, oh, no, no, yeah, I know there's a key in my pocket. But I am the way that I am because of this chain that that's, that's not a cop out. It's 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 a a lie, pretty much. Um, and that's kind of why I, I don't like using um, the word habit because uh, a habit more or less is something that we do that we don't know that we're doing. And then once we know that we're doing that thing, it becomes a choice, like uh, like smoking. Um, it's a, it's a terrible habit, right? And I'm not gonna lie, I agree that it's very hard to break, but every time I pick up a cigarette or every time someone smokes, that is a choice. No one is holding a gun to their head. And it sounds, it sounds kind of mean and it sounds kind of harsh, but the reason why I say that is because it puts power back into our hands. To say that something is outside of our control is to believe that something is outside of our control and to believe that something is outside of our control means it is, right? Because our thoughts, our paradigms of the world are real. And so once I start saying, no, it's not, it's a choice. This is a choice. What I'm doing is a choice. It says, it tells the universe that I am in charge of myself. It tells the universe that I am a creator. It tells the universe that I'm running the show, um, which is why, once again, we got to be very careful of the words that we use and, and the cop-outs that we give ourselves. So for the most part, um, Great. I hit a button that took me out of all my notes, and I don't think I'm gonna ever be able to get back because I have no reception. That's cool. Um, gender's neck. We're, we were at uh, causation. And then um, we just did cause, so that's what? Mentality, transmutation, uh, correspondence, vibration, rhythm, polarity, causation. I guess we're at the, oh. 
Just kidding. <laughs> I was testing my helper to make sure that she was coherent. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, all right. Yeah, because basically when I set these all up, it's like a brief explanation and then a uh, like a life hack to go with them. And the life hacks I space out on because I go on so many tangents that the life hacks turn into like life hack 1.0, 1.25, 1.3, 1.8, 16 for... Um, causation is a six. So we're, we're right on track. I just want to make sure I didn't skip anything at all. And then we did the habits, we did choice. I mean, that's really it. As far as causation, the, the biggest thing that I got out of it, and which is why I wanted to harp on it with you guys, is the whole, um, that the future dictates, dictates the past. Um, like a boat, like when a boat is sailing through the ocean, the wake is coming from the boat. The boat's not coming from the wake. And that's kind of how we need to see our lives. It's like a change in perception, right? Like we can look at the tail end and say, this is it, or look at the front end and say, that's that. Like, you want to be a cause or would you like to be an effect? We, we can be either one, um, chess piece or chess player. So, bam. That's causation. Questions so far? Am I blown through this too fast? Yeah. So how can we compare physical to mental? In what sense? Because as far as correspondence, they're exactly the same. Because the law of correspondence um, says that macrocosm is in the microcosm, right? So that includes everything in between, physical, mental, emotional, astral, and anything else. It's, it's all, it's all, they all operate on the same principles. So if you're talking about mental, you, do you mean like emotions? Like, like what's going on in your head? Oh, mental planes. Um, what about them in the sense? Like what's your question exactly? <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, I, I wasn't planning on going into mental planes, period. Actually, I just wanted to do the seven principles um, and how we can use them like now, kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, 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 a, that's a good point. Um, um, and that goes back to the guy Hamlet exclaiming that he is Shakespeare. Um, because we live in this physical universe, we have to abide by physical laws. Like, we, we can't just say, um, if I think hard enough that I will fly when I jump off a building, then I'm going to fly. Like we, ha like, we have to obey laws. We have to... We have to see um, this universe as real because it's real to us, right? Our experiences dictate this universe is real. Even though we are in a dream, it's, it's, and that's why it's called the divine paradox because it is and it isn't at the same time. Uh, but the, from what I've ascertained from it, it's like, which isn't much, I haven't been, I've only been studying this for a couple of years, but um, yes, that's what I was getting at. The rules, like we have these seven, it's like a game, exactly, once again, it's a game. And that's very like, but like you said, you have to ascend to that level, which is the cool thing about being within a, a mind that's dreamlike, means that we have infinite capacity for growing, um, but we have to know how. Right, you have to have these. You have to use these tools. You have to be able to, like, I don't think anyone in this room can program their subconscious mind to manipulate reality enough in three seconds to jump off a building and fly. Like that shit just doesn't happen. Um, just like we couldn't, I couldn't put a wet rag over my head and make it steam dry like the monks in India do. Like that takes practice and dedication. Um, and the way like her hermeticists talk about it is. Um, we rise above the plane to go, to go to the mental plane or the astral plane. We rise above the plane so that we can accomplish these feats, um, but the laws still are there. Rhythm, polarity, mental transmutation, correspondence, those are all there on every plane. It's just we have to use our our mental strength to rise above. Like, uh, like the law of rhythm, they say, you can never escape the swing of rhythm. You can never escape, escape the swing of your mind from being um, motivated one day and not motivated the next, but we can rise above the swing so that it swings underneath us. So we haven't stopped the law, but we've sidestepped it almost. Um, and we do that sidestepping with the mind because everything starts with the mind. We almost like you plant yourself somewhere. Um, 
and and let the pendulum swing so if it's swing if you feel really motivated and you've been doing a whole bunch of things and and then you wake up the next day and you're like damn i feel like shit i don't want to do anything i'm just like bah, like maybe i should have some coffee or take some drugs or something to like get me out of this rut but it's like maybe you're not supposed to be going blasting out into the world right now maybe you need to reflect and meditate maybe you need to go back to the drawing board and, and reevaluate some things and make sure you're still on the right path and then uh when the pendulum swings back in your direction you can hop on it right and then you have twice the momentum plus you've got everything uh, all the the work done in the backfield to make sure that you're on the right path it's like um, when you're on a swing, you're not, and someone pushes like Lala and Avery, when you guys were on the swing yesterday, you didn't only push forward, you push back sometimes. And sometimes you ran forward and then sometimes you ran back. It's all playing with the world, playing with momentum so that we can use it to our advantage instead of like, you're not gonna try and push someone forward on a swing as it's going back to you, that's retarded, it's a waste of energy and it's gonna slow down the reverse and then the, and then your, your forward's gonna be all jacked up and it doesn't make any sense. So what ends up happening is we're like, we come out 50-50 because we're going forward all the time when the natural swing, the natural rhythm of our lives is going back and forth. And so it's like playing, constantly playing with life, but but acknowledging that these rules that are in place first so that we know how to play, so that we know the rules. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, then catch up. Or like get swung back when we're trying to go forward and we think we're failures because we're not always successful trying to do the same thing over and over again, you know? It has to be, absolutely. Yes. I, I Yeah, I think I left that out. I'm glad you said that. Definitely, balance is perfect. Um, <laughs> and if there is no balance, then you're dead. Exactly, right? Like you stop riding the bike, you lose that rhythm and yeah, the bike falls over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> absolutely. Um, there's a time for everything, is what the law of rhythm says. There's a time and a place uh, for everything. Um, rhythm gives definition. Um, just like when I talked about Jack Sparrow and... Uh, uh, Sparrow, I keep saying Sparrow. Skellington. Um, he has no balance, he has no rhythm because he's existing in this one world all the time and he's just like, he doesn't even know the other world exists, but he's out there singing in a cemetery about this hole in his heart, this place that he doesn't know, but he still knows that it's there. It's like, when you're existing on these levels, there has to be an opposite to define. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's good too, I like that. <laughs> uh, the first law was the law of mentality, mental transmutation. Um, and the last fact for that, to try to sum it up, is um, to see the world at... Circumstances don't matter, only state of being matters. Um, in the sense that everything is neutral, experiences are neutral until um, our consciousness enters that situation and then we come to a conclusion of it. Um, and so, like, if it were to rain on my wedding day, I'd be pumped, because I fucking love the rain, but my wife might be pissed because she's probably like, this is my wedding day, you know, it's not supposed to rain kind of thing. Like, everyone, everything's neutral until we decide. And then, so the life hack was um, one play and two mirror, and play in the sense that those circumstances that we meet, that we go into, we have to meet with a lightheartedness, with almost like a child like play so that um, it can be manipulated because play and laughter and joy is very very manipulative um, very high energy very high spirit spirited and it, it, to raise things out of the out of the rut and then mirror was to see that um, that even when we do change our minds to a new idea or a new paradigm of how we want our realities to be, um, that our outside world is still going to reflect our old ways of thinking because um, once again, the subconscious mind is super, super, a lot more powerful than the conscious mind and the ego, so it's gonna take a lot of programming to change the subconscious. Um, and so every belief that you have, that you believe is like a truth in your world has a piece of it like a like a part that's anchored 
like super deep, like anchored in you to where you don't even know it's there. So it, when you decide to change your world and have these new thoughts, it's gonna like lash out, like like it doesn't want to leave. So it's to keep throwing those experiences out that it's gonna almost you're gonna have this like sense of cognitive dissonance where you want to believe one thing but something else keeps happening. But that's the point where we get to make the decision, right? So it's like um, if we don't have two options, we can't really make a decision for what we want, like law of polarity and rhythm. Like if you don't have the option to pick either love or hate, then it doesn't really make a difference. If you only have love to pick, it's not much of a choice. So we have to we have to see that mirror. We have to know that um, uh, that it's going to happen, and then that's our chance to to use mental transmutation to say no. I don't care if this occurrence keeps happening. This is what I believe. I'm going to keep speaking this, living this, being this. I'm going to surround myself with these kinds of people, these kinds of books, movies, thoughts, and eventually it's going to start mirroring the new way. Um, and that's kind of how mental transmutation. Yeah. Um, anything else? Okay. Um, cool. Uh, law of gender is the last one, and I think the hermeticists plug this one in the end because there's because it's like not there's not much to it. I mean, we've already talked about it almost in every sense, and it just it just says that everything um, in the universe, uh, in the mental and astral and the physical, um, has a female and a male side to it. Um, and those female and male things come have their own sources. So like anything feminine related is going to be creation based um, and, it's, and it's going to be far more powerful than, than male. It's just like it, that's just the natural way of things. Um, and then anything that's female is going to be receptive. Like if you think about the vagina and then the dick, like one one is a penetrator. One is penetrating energy and one is receiving energy. And, um, and it explains the universe as being like that. Like the fabric of the universe, if you were to see it like a grid, would be like the female aspect of the universe, which is very neutral. And then the male um, aspect is, is what fills that void for creation. So like the sperm and the egg, like the egg is, is what contains the space for creation, but it's not creation until the male aspect enters that and then creation can um, from there form. Um, yes, it's like, yeah, it's exactly, it's like a substance, um, like, a, like a home. And that's funny because I feel women are more home-like and men are kind of like, don't need anything and just kind of bounce around everywhere. Um, <laughs> which is cool, that, that's like the law of correspondence in action. We can see that, every, that everything will always have those same characteristics and they'll all manifest. Um, and I couldn't really come up with too much of a good life hack, to be honest with you guys. I mean, all I could come up with was like, male, male energy is more of like a thrusting energy. Um, and if you, if we don't take control of that aspect of ourselves, even women, like, um, then someone will be dictating our lives for us. Because there's always gonna be a, a pulse, like a giving, receiving, giving, receiving, giving, receiving. So it, it, when, we, it, when we unbalance that, we, we lose a part of ourselves and when we cut that off, like all kinds of negative things happen. Um, and then vice versa, if, if you have, if you're female dominant, then it just, but then that's still the same thing as rhythm, unbalanced, so I don't know. You guys got a better, better, uh, Analogy and life hacks from you guys for the universe manifesting as both female and male. Yeah, me neither. Everything's pretty much laid out there, right? I don't even think I wrote anything in my notes. I think I just. It's not that because remember nothing's bad necessarily good. It's all like exactly like you said. It's it's knowing that we have a choice to choose the experience that we want to have. Yeah. So it's like, yes, all men have feminine sides, all women have masculine sides, but that doesn't, but but I'm still a man and I'm still gonna be male dominant. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, it'll be like your first response. It, exactly, yeah. it's, it's like a first, so it's knowing, it's knowing how to keep, it's like, um, like in music, when you count timing, it's like, uh, like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, you know, it's like, it's it's like, that's like a little offbeat, a little rhythm, but if it's just one, 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 if it's the same thing over again, there's no rhythm, there's no like, so it has to have something that's off so that it gives it a little bit, it needs something to put it in motion. If it was, if it was perfectly even, that would be too balanced, you know? So that's like kind of the thing that's, that's, shows up in men and women like we're a little off kilter you know but when men and women come together we're almost whole you know <laughs> this might be a little off topic but when you're saying that you feel like you have to um be more man-like essentially everything you have to be like struggle more um i was gonna talk about this tomorrow in the sense that 
So if we look back to the, to the law of rhythm, like rhythm compensates. So I think the reason why we see more women acting like men today is because a lot of men today aren't showing up. Like, and if you even think about like relationships, like I don't think I've ever seen a guy like, hey, I like you, I want to, I think you're pretty, and I want to take you on a date. It's always like, oh, we should hang out sometime. Well, can I get your number? Like, maybe we can hang out and like see what happens. It's very passive. Like, men are very passive today. I feel like Gen afraid of rejection or afraid of something. You know, afraid of something. So it's like. And we are always talking with these like, maybe we should do this, or maybe we should do that. It's almost like we're asking permission to do things when we should, like men need to show up as men and, and, and dominate that male aspect of ourselves and say, hey, this is who I am, this is what I do, I like you, can I take you out or something, you know? So, okay, so you like Toth and Hermes. And, so, yeah, so the Hermetic, the name Hermetic came from Hermes. Um, the Greek god Hermes, the god, the messenger god. And so the Greeks got Hermes from the ancient Egyptians. The god is synonymous with Toth, T-H-O-T-H. Um, and he, according to tradition, came from Atlantis. He was one of the, the people who escaped the flood of, of Atlantis, roamed the earth for 50,000 years, came up to Egypt, saw a bunch of barbarians, um, taught him the ways of the old occult knowledge and magic, and then that's where uh, that's how a bunch of cavemen with stone tools were able to create the Sphinx and the pyramids and the pyramids in Bosnia and South America and all these that's how they were able to come from Worlds came from nothing is from um, Hermes and Toth and these teachers that came from Atlantis when all that stuff collapsed Correct. Yeah, that, that's how it all ties together. It's essentially this one guy left Atlantis and took all the occult knowledge and teachings and for 50,000 years walked around and then finally set up shop in Egypt, which was like the OG place for these teachings and knowledge and things like that. Do we have direct access to the all? Uh, well, the all pervades everything, right? Like, uh, like... Directly access it? Well, you can see, you, well, yeah, actually you can. Um, people like near-death experiences when people are like, I get sucked in this white and I was everything. And I, I just felt pure love and light and joy. Like the all the all of existence, that's what they mean by love, like is, is everything because that frequency is so, it's like infinitely high. And, and so when you get sucked back in, like drugs can do that, death can do that. Some of it have it at pregnancy or at childbirth. Um, like really extreme circumstances will suck you into this place where you're like You experience yourself as being one with everything and just bliss and pure love and uh, like this one girl talked about it where she Had so much her, her life was just a nightmare like a nightmare She was raped and drug abuse and parents and sexual assault, but she was like none of that mattered I just felt pure bliss and like that is slipping into the all and then she had a drug overdose and died Yeah all right, and that's, that's a drag, isn't it? Well, how do we know if she died? Um, well, her heart stopped. No, no, I mean, how do we know that she had blood? Oh, she came back to life. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so she was, she died, and they're like, oh my god, she's dead, and they like did the thing, and she came back to life, and was like, I experienced all this. Um, so yeah, my bad. I got it. My bad. <laughs> By the way, she came back to life. By the way, she Jesus on us and she came back a couple days later. She was like, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, by the way, I visited the all. It was amazing. You guys should check it out sometime. <laughs> yes. What are your thoughts on pantheology and how that relates to Hermeticism? God and everything? That fits in perfectly with Hermeticism. Yeah. Um, well, like the one of the laws of Hermeticism is called causation, cause and effect, which says that there cannot be an effect that doesn't contain a piece of the cause, and there cannot be a cause that does not contain a piece of the effect. Like everything's tied. So naturally, everything emanating from the all, from God, whatever you want to call it, is going to have to have because that was the original cause. So everything after it has to have a piece of that inside of it. Um, so it fits perfectly. Pathology fits perfectly. That's the cool thing about Hermeticism is that it really does contain everything. Like it, no matter like what esoteric uh, piece of knowledge or occult teachings you go with, it like ties in everything. Wiccan witchcraft talks about as above, so below all the time. Correspondence, like when they 
cast a spell for happiness or lighthearted, they use a feather because feathers are light and help you fly. So it's like they want that energy of lightness inside the energy of the spell. So it's like these teachings are everywhere. It's super cool. It contains everything. What you guys thinking? You guys want to come closer and talk some more? You want to call it a wrap? Or? I'm pretty much done. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You're welcome. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for coming by and sticking to the end. That was really cool. Um, have fun. <laughs> Go explore. <laughs> well, everyone, that concludes this week's episode. If you have enjoyed this positive download, please take a minute. Give us a rating or review on iTunes since iTunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting. Uh, your good reviews help us to reach more listeners. Also. We would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. <laughs> Otherwise, as you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.